So welcome to the latest in the Balderton podcast series. I'm joined by two guests today, George Spencer, CEO and founder of Rentify, and Ollie Glass, freelance data scientist who's done a bit of work with George over the last uh, year or so. But to start off, before we get our hands dirty with data science, first question to you, George, remind us about Rentify, where you've come from, what you're doing now, what you what you want to do next. So I'm very glad you asked that, Ben. Uh, so Rentify has been around for about three years now. Um, we've raised two rounds from Balderton in the midst of raising a third at the moment. Um, and we are revolutionizing the real estate market in the UK by building uh, a huge, very scalable platform that makes it very, very efficient to rent out your property um, and optimizes all of the logistics using clever technology and automation. And data science is a huge part of that. Or at least data was. And now, thanks to Ollie, data science is. So, yeah, you've already touched on the fact that you and Ollie are now working together to make Rentify even smarter, I guess, for those looking for properties and those... Even and smarter. Those even smarter. Even smarter. So, you know, the first question, I I don't think, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think that you, George Spencer, once sat bolt upright in bed and said, look, I need a data scientist in my, in my business. Where did the realisation come that you needed to get smarter with data? What was it? What was the eureka moment? So we, um, in the very early days of Rentify, um, we were four people in uh, an office about the size of one of the loos in our current office. And um, we had realized we were, we were getting pretty good at signing landlords up to our platform. And we had this realization one day that every time we enabled a new feature that collected data about a landlord, for example, we enabled a feature like um, instead of downloading a PDF of a contract, you could buy the, uh, buy the contract but also fill it out online. We got annoyed about the fact that we couldn't take all of the data that we just learned about that landlord and apply it back across our previous cohorts of landlord. So basically, we realized that we started missing, we were missing out on a huge amounts of data about landlords. And so the wonderful opportunity that presented to us was that we could enable a lot, a lot of features like contract generation, evictions, things like that, that collect landlord data. And we didn't know what we wanted to do with the data, but we realized that basically there was a huge opportunity there to have that data to be able to do things with it. And over time, we've slowly sort of picked together different things that we can do with the data. So for example, when we collect a landlord's home address, we can say, oh, this landlord lives 50 miles away from their property. It takes them 40 minutes to get there. It must be a real pain to manage that property. Therefore, this is a landlord who we should optimize for selling a management product to because of the away from their property. So we didn't sit up and one day think we need a data scientist. What we did was we kind of accidentally became good at acquiring lots and lots and lots of landlords and lots and lots and lots of data about those landlords. And because you were collecting that data, as you say, you realized there was further opportunity for better selling, smarter selling. We actually realized, we kind of realized that there was an opportunity to have smart people working with our data and playing with it. So we started to think about what would the profile of the person be who could actually make head, head or tails of our data. And so we hired a, um, a PhD uh, geneticist uh, who was doing... And that wasn't Ollie. That was not Ollie. This was a, uh, our first sort of, uh, foray into data science. And um, he was a wonderful guy, PhD, had been doing research, could do incredible things with science and maths. Um, and we, um, we set him the task of building Disneyland for landlords. So take all of our data, find find us really interesting things that we can do with it, present it back to landlords in fascinating and brilliant ways, uh, monetize it, market it, all of these different things. And we realized that ultimately what we had told him to do was to build our startup for us. We had not given him a specific measurable objective. We had just told him, we have data, go forth and make it useful for landlords. And what we needed was somebody who had um, more of a product edge than a maths and science edge, which is why we were delighted when we uh, met Ollie. So you're saying more of a project 
edge. Product edge. Pro- product edge, sorry. That you're... I suppose there was there was no real business purpose in that first... The first person you worked with, it wasn't well, driven towards Rentify's core business goals. As it well, we knew... One of the things that we know about landlords is that they have, on the high street, when they use a high street letting agent, they have a pretty poor experience from the moment when the, the agent has got their money to the moment when they need the agent again. So the agent basically will take your money, treat you like a prince, and then as soon as you finish paying them for something, they don't want to talk to you. And so we realized that there was a huge opportunity to bake in stickiness into our, pro- and into our product by saying to landlords, um, you know what, a new property went onto the street onto the street where your other property is, and here's how it's doing. Or there was an eviction on your street, do you want to know about it? Here are some planning permission things that have, uh, you know, planning permission applications for your street. Um, there was a burglary near your rental property, tell your tenants about it and look like a really good guy. Um, and I think the the, um, the thing that we realized was that we could use it for sort of sticky kind of um, uh, CRM and, and getting landlords back into the fold with us. But what we didn't realize until we started working with Ollie was that we had a wonderful opportunity not just to use it for marketing and taking kind of those insights that we deliver to landlords, broadening them and making stories out of them that the press would pick up on and talk about, but also that we could apply it in ways, you know, I have these, we have these crazy ideas about how we can become more efficient and I've got these, you know, these whiteboards filled with kind of indecipherable uh, beautiful mind type drawings and getting somebody like Ollie in who could say well George 70% of this is complete dog but actually 30% of it is um, really really interesting let's talk about this we've actually managed to translate it through into specific um, product internal tools one of which we'll talk about today in a bit of detail hopefully which allow us to be more efficient and make more money and we can literally discern uh, a return on investment from it which is fantastic it's actually there's a whole slide in our current fundraising deck about one feature that we built with Ollie that transformed our business so that is fantastic. What I can gauge from how enthusiastically you're talking about data science is that since you guys have been working with each other, it really has become quite central to Rentify. But before that, months ago, this this wasn't the case. And Ollie, what was the first conversation like with George? What were the first couple of meetings, interactions like? Did he know what he wanted? Well, um, actually, let me go uh, a step back further from the first meeting with George, which is something about working as a freelance data scientist. So one of my um, thoughts on data science these days is that it's a bit like UX five, ten years ago, where the term was around, it was quite prevalent, there was a certain amount of hype around it, but people weren't always sure why they needed it or what kind of value it would deliver. So something I um, always work to do as a freelancer is make sure that I can be very clear to whoever I'm working with that I'm bringing more money in for them than I'm costing them in my day rate. So I'm always thinking, what's the business value of this piece of work? And that 70% you mentioned would have been material where it didn't um, kind of cross that threshold. So this is why I'm working so hard to to understand that value. And um, I'll kind of jump forward a bit and then come back to your question, which is one of the first conversations we had after we'd uh, talked about what the projects might be like. I remember being sat with yourself, your marketing team, some of your developers, and we were brainstorming about different uh, features of property in London. What kind of things could we get to use on a marketing page? And one of my questions to your team was about um, who are the current... Uh, segments of landlords that you're reaching out to 
and kind of how do you realise landlords fall into these categories and what are the needs of those different categories? Because again, it's very um, it's very easy to get caught up in fun things as well because data science is quite exciting and it can go into all sorts of interesting places. But uh, unless you're directly paying me to have fun, I'm there for a different reason, which is to um, create things that you probably can't create any other way and to create things at a scale that you can uh, only create using data and using algorithmic approaches. So you say to create things that you can only create using data science. Do you think sometimes that data isn't the answer? You've obviously found in the case studies with Rentify that you need to do what only you can do, you know, to solve certain business problems. But have you encountered situations where you say, look, look, there's a really easy way of solving this you don't really need me to solve this problem definitely yeah and i think it's really important to um try and find out what they are and at least then even if we do choose to take a data science approach you know why you're going with that approach and why you're paying the costs in time resources uh technology builds and all of the the things it requires so what was that first so what was that first project that you worked on together because it seems that there was you, there needs to be some kind of test case that is working well between the entrepreneur and the data scientist, and then one project spawns further projects. Is that Would that be accurate to say? Right, it often goes like that. So the first one is a good example of something that um, technically you could have done without data science, but data science proves more efficient over the uh, time window that you're doing it. So the first piece was building out uh, landing pages for boroughs in London. So you'd got some information from your marketing team. They'd done some uh, tests with AdWords and found postcodes, borough names, place names would attract a certain number of click-throughs. And in theory, you could have then commissioned a copywriter, an SEO person, basically a front-end dev and marketing team to build out landing pages for all of those. Uh, You could have then commissioned an analyst to do some research. Uh, You could have had the analyst perhaps on staff, so they're updating the stats every month, every three months. But you can see how those costs would quickly mount up and how if that project is going to run for more than, I mean, three, six months even, you're probably more cost-effective to build some kind of automated system that can generate those stats for you, that can update those stats automatically every, uh, well, almost real time even, but over whatever time horizon you're interested in. And that first project, George, that was, uh, I suppose, after your experience with the first data scientist that you parted company with, this was the first success in your dances with data. Well, I think the... The, the first data scientist that we had was, um, he was terrific at a lot of things. I think that the challenge we had was that some of the, the science was so sophisticated that we needed other scientists in order to understand it. And when you have a team of, of hackers and software engineers who don't necessarily have the time to wade through 40,000 lines of code about how you you know, you know apply Bayesian whatevers to, to predict rent in the future, um, it was a bit difficult to, to kind of get into the detail on that. Um, I think the wonderful thing about about what we found when data science has worked really, really well for us is that, <clears throat> excuse me, actually 
you don't need to necessarily come to a, 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 a product-oriented data scientist with a solution. You can come to them with an opportunity or a problem or a challenge in the business. And, and I think that's what we found with uh, with the, the first project that we worked on with Ollie, which was that we had, um, we picked up, as you, as you say, our, our marketing people picked up that there was a huge opportunity with a, a very long tail of landlords who search for letting agent or estate agent in Islington, in you know, Bethnal Green, in different locations in London. And we knew from some some other businesses that we work with and, and, and know very well that it's um, it's a really good idea to build out landing pages that tackle on a on a very specific level. You know, if you if you think about the the top level of this, you'd think, okay, I'm searching for letting agents in London, and then one level down might be I'm searching for letting agents in West London, and then I might be searching for letting agents in Parsons Green. It seems a very um, familiar process. You know, I've searched for flats online. Exactly. That seems extremely familiar. Exactly right. And I think the so so. When you get down to street level, you know, there are hundreds of thousands of streets in, in, in London and, and the southeast. And we wanted to be that granular. We wanted to be able to say, here's the data that we have about your street. Here's the data we have about properties on this on, on this specific street or postcode. And so in order to do that, actually, it became very quickly apparent that it wouldn't be possible to do it scalably with analysts and uh, you know copywriters writing about here's you know here's what's good on Britannia Street. This is the you know this is the the makeup of this street. We had to come up with a way to shortcut that, and uh, and, and taking an algorithmic approach was uh, was what we did. But um, yeah, I think we went to Ollie with the with a challenge more than anything else, which was we've got this thing that we want to do. It's going to transform our marketing, and can you come up with a clever way of us doing it? So I guess the tip for fellow entrepreneurs out there is don't go to a data scientist with almost a, a software type approach. We need a system to do X, Y, and Z. Almost go to them with something more creative, something like a problem, something like a, an opportunity. Yeah, I would say that almost certainly if you go to a data scientist and you're asking them to build, you know, I've, we're on step 10 of this process and we want you to execute through steps 11 to 200 and you're having them just to write code then, you know, if you're at the point where you've almost written the pseudocode yourself, then you're not going to get the best out of a data scientist because the data scientist is almost certainly going to come back to you and say, well, actually, this has a bigger impact than, than you'd realized or you've underestimated the value of this or we can actually get data from here and do this. And I think the, 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 the most rewarding thing about working with a data scientist on this is that they are kind of a conciliary who will just apply their, their brains and their data science knowledge to working on a problem that you have in the business and coming up with novel solutions. So, so sometimes, you know, with, with, with this, I had no idea how we'd approach it with the, um, the 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 tool that we built to optimize our negotiator paths around London. We had had two meetings on it, and I sort of went and interrupted Ollie from whatever he was doing and said, "Can you come and join us in here? We think we've had a crazy idea. See if you can make it work." Um, and that was much more well defined as a as a as a thing that we wanted to do. And we had kind of a semi methodology for how we'd like to do it. But then Ollie went away and actually built it and improved it and iterated on it. And. Thinking about how you've worked, it almost seems that you need to give a data scientist an entire problem to solve, an entire project start to finish. However, that's at odds with they still need to work as part of your business and integrate themselves with existing workflows, I'd imagine. Ollie, is that a problem when you go, uh, or a challenge, to phrase it, is that a challenge when you when you work with a new business or a different business to work alongside existing projects and jobs? That's an interesting question. That varies. That varies a lot. I think, um, to me, something that was really impressive about your team, George, and I think any company that's uh, pushing on several fronts at the same time, for a company to be able to almost work in several time signatures at once or to conduct an orchestra uh, is quite a feat. It speaks to the skills of the management. And, you know, I'll typically be 
working with a combination of technical management, maybe marketing, uh, yourself, like executive leadership. So I think that varies a lot across companies anyway. Um, what I'm looking to do kind of plugs into bits of marketing, bits of technology. If there's a chief data officer or someone in an executive position, then that would be a natural person to report to and work under. But otherwise, I think it's very case by case um, how that's done. But you almost need to find you need to find someone in that company that you can dovetail with. Otherwise, I guess that would be very difficult to almost exist alongside the company rather than as part of it. Um, right, and at Rentify there were there were uh, four different touch points for me. So I would uh, connect with the marketing team on things that were specific to them. Um, the content of the pages and how that fitted with their thinking about marketing and SEO. Then I would connect with uh, Tom, I think, who is your product manager, making sure that the product features plugged into the product as a whole because there was like a call to action which fed into a, a user journey there. And then your technical team, there were things I needed from your databases and from your systems. So I had to um, work with those guys to get those and also to hand over the work I was doing so that you could continue using it. And then sometimes I'd meet uh, with all three when things bridged across. And then yourself as well, George, to make sure the project was on track and um, meeting your purpose. I think one of the, the really important things about, about somebody coming into an organization in, the, in, in, a, in a data science role is that you have to have an appreciation uh, that this is not, this is not as, as, as Ollie says, this is not a pure software engineering function. It's, it's much more creative than that. And so when you ask an engineer, a software engineer, to spec out a feature or to estimate a feature, very typically what you're asking them to do is to take um, a known series of problems or a known data set or a known code base and say, okay, we need to add you know, the ability to process credit cards as well as debit cards, for example. And you can estimate in your head, okay, well, I know how long it takes to add a debit, um, how long it took to add the other type of card, and therefore it should be relatively straightforward for me to replicate that. Maybe I add on a bit of fuzziness because I don't know. And you can estimate things very quickly. But with, with data science, quite often what you'll find is that the, particularly in the way that we work together at Rentify, I guess, is that we don't have determinate sources of data. We don't necessarily have, so some of it is proprietary and we've got a wonderful database that's full of interesting things about landlords, but quite often, you know, we'll say things like, well, wouldn't it be great if we could get this data? And then Ollie scratches his head and says, okay, well, you know, I'll go away and think about that and we can probably come up with something. And that's the part, the kind of the exploratory part is the, is the bit that people, in, in typical software engineering, you'd, you'd, you'd say it was a spike, you know, it's something that's going to be... Um, it could be 10 minutes, it could be 10 hours, it could be 10 days in order to do this. And that's why it's really important to have a product-oriented software engineer, uh, data scientist rather, because it's somebody that you can rely on to not get lost in a hole, to not just come on, like, you know, go down and down and learn everything about a particular facet of, of some small, tiny fragment of what you're asking them to do, but who can say, well, you know what, I wasn't able to do this in a, in a, a timely fashion and we should move on to a different, uh, a, a different source of data or something like that. It almost seems that the takeaway from that is... If you're an entrepreneur and you have a known problem with known constants, you're probably looking for a software engineer type. However, if you're working with the unknown, then a data scientist is more the kind of guy you're looking for. I, I guess it depends. I think that I would quite often 
I think that people would quite often conflate analysts with with data scientists. Um, and I think if you're working with data sets that you understand and you want to delineate trends from it, then I wouldn't work with a data scientist. I would I would certainly work with a, an analyst and get somebody who can make pivot tables in Excel and do all sorts of exciting things. Um, I think that the other crucial thing I, I, I do want to touch on, I think, really briefly, is that if you're working, I think, with anybody who's coming to your organization in a uh, an interim, in a three-month, one-month contract, a few days a week, I think the person who sponsors that initiative in the organization has to take responsibility for making sure that there's no latency in communication between that person and the rest of the teams. And so one of the things that we wanted to work on really hard, um, and, and we kind of, I had a holiday, I think, whilst you were, you were there, so it was potentially not so smooth at the beginning. But one of the things that I felt it was my job to do was to make sure that Ollie had everything that he needed to get on with his job. And that's not as straightforward as just saying to everybody in a meeting one day, okay, well, Ollie's coming in, so make sure you help him, right? Because everybody has competing sets of priorities. And so it's really important that you you, you have someone who is there to bang heads together to make sure that the software engineers are giving you the rundown of how the API works, to make sure that um, you know people are delivering on time and that you've got the heads up from marketing that actually the copy is going to take two days longer than they thought, so you've got more time to work on this sort of thing. You, it kind of transformed me. I felt more like I was working with other people on Ollie's behalf rather than working with Ollie. And I think the the way that we consider the the senior team at Rentify is that everybody, the senior people should be an API into their function of the business. And so it turned me into an API for the whole of the rest of Rentify, which was a really interesting experience because I learned I learned a lot about Rentify whilst I was doing it. <laughs> really nice way of thinking about it, I suppose, and that that uh, attitude can be applied to any very new, almost sometimes misunderstood or uh, ununderstood facet of a business. Uh, and data science can certainly fall into that into that pot for many different entrepreneurs. So almost, I, I realise we're uh, running down the clock. So to wrap up, Ollie, what are the questions that you almost like to be asked? by an entrepreneur when you're having those early conversations, those exploratory uh, hack days, as you've mentioned here, what are the kind of things you almost like to see in an entrepreneur that you know, me and this guy or girl, we're going to get, we're going to get results? Well, um, you mentioned the hack day idea that you and I talked about. And I think the way we got to that was I was asking you, what do you do now and where are you looking to go with what you're doing? So if I can get an overview of what your business is about and what your product's about, what the needs are that it's trying to fulfill on and what those are turning into, then um, straight off from that, there might be places I can see to bring data or bring machine learning um, that would be interesting for us to think about. Um, the other things I'd be interested to hear from you are where the pain points are in there. So if there's anything particularly repetitive, time-consuming, um, anything that's... Causing friction. Right, causing friction. And also that where there's a big um, human part, which means your output's quite irregular from something, and it would be useful to standardise or mechanise something. So almost on behalf of the, you want the entrepreneur to not just think about data specifically, but you want them to think about their business from a macro perspective because you can solve problems that they might not even know they've got. Right, and it's exciting to be able to bring that to the table. Like George was saying, to think about the product as a whole and look for opportunities there. And if you've spotted opportunities, like uh, your marketing team had with those um, searches that weren't being picked up, then that's a great place to start but I'm very interested from that level onwards. So, George, as I say, to wrap up, you mentioned you touched on very briefly earlier that even in your uh, pitch deck now, there's 
a slide devoted to what you do with data science or particular tool. What is that? Why is it so great? And how is it helping Rentify get to the to the next level? So I think so. One of the important things to understand about about what we do very quickly is that we're all about kind of grinding out the gross margins. So basically, um, our competitive advantage over every other estate agent in the UK is that instead of just having a shop with people layered on top of it, we have a platform with a ton of different layers before you get to people who are doing viewings and things like that. And so optimizing routes and making sure that we're doing very efficient deal flow analysis is super important. So one of the things that we we built with Ollie was a way of, and I'm going to try and not give away our secret sauce here, um, but one of the things we built with Ollie was a way of um, assessing deals when they came through the door so that we wouldn't be treating our entire deal flow as completely homogenous. So a typical estate agent will look at deals and say, I've got 10 deals and hopefully I get some of them done and that'll be great. What we now do is that we evaluate deals on the way through the door and we prioritize them based on a number of variables. I think we've got 150 variables at the moment. Everything from how long has the property been advertised for, is it advertised with an agent or a landlord because you convert better against agents than you do against landlords, a ton of different pieces of information that allow us to prioritize and grade a deal from A, B, or C. Um, and then what we can do is we can allocate those deals to different ag uh, agents who work for us using strengths-based allocation. So we can say, okay, well, actually, this deal would work really well for this guy because he's new and he needs, uh, you know, he wants uh, easier deals. So what we then do, which Ollie helped a lot with, is that we allocate our properties around London so that agents don't have um, properties all over London that they're working with. They go to one area and the properties are linked by geography, but they're also linked by the fact that they share similar characteristics. So they might be, for the new guy that comes in in his first week, he's not going to get you know 15 incredibly upmarket properties. He gets 20, 25 really simple deals that he can do. Um, and I think that the great thing about that is that I can show an appreciable uplift in the efficiency of my negotiators. So in a typical estate agent, you know, even a big successful one, the PLC, for example, they might do 10 deals in a month. And for a mum and pop estate agent, a negotiator might do four or five deals in a month. The average Rentify negotiator at the moment does 15 to 20 deals in a month, which is remarkable. And the reason that they can do that is because of all of these efficiency gains that we make through the use of data. And that, as you say, it's solving problems that are very easy to understand in a very complicated <laughs> behind-the-scenes fashion. And that's why someone like Ollie needs to come in build a solution so you can get very easy to understand and very easy to work with data out the back of it. And as you say, it's transformed the way that estate agents can work. Absolutely. Or not estate agents, but incredible technology platforms that uh, don't like being called estate agents. It's transformed the, it's, it's transformed the way that Rentify works. I think that's, that's a lovely cut I can do. <laughs> Seamless. George and Ollie, thank you very much thank both you. for coming in. Thanks.